Hi, this is Jim Lyon. You're listening to Viewpoint. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. Jay Harvey, glad to have you alongside. Happy New Year, Jim. I'm so glad to be here. We're saying Merry Christmas because we know that many of our listeners are still in the afterglow of Christmas on December 25th. But we're also saying because we know there are some people who listen to us around the world, and for a third of the Christian community, Christmas doesn't fall until January 7th. Hmm. So some people are looking forward still, but most of our listeners in the Western uh, countries have already celebrated Christmas and Happy New Year because, well, for everyone, the New Year dawns this week. And And you can remember that January 7th date, Jim, (laughs) because January 8th is Elvis Presley's birthday. So that could, you can remember Let me just say, I remember January 7th because it's my granddaughter's birthday. Okay, that's fair enough, fair enough. For much of the world, it is the Christmas day. Wherever you are on the calendar, we're glad you're with us today because we're going to talk about a terrific Christmas story Mm. that has framed for many of us in the world today how we celebrate Christmas, and not just about how we celebrate Christmas, but how we might go into the new year. Jay, you and I, for many years, were part of a local live production of the Charles Dickens classic, Mm -hmm. A Christmas Carol. Yes. I mean, it was so fun, wasn't it? It was great. Brings back such good memories as we've been talking about it, bringing that story to life, the genius of Dickens, and it really does help you and get in, not only get into the Christmas spirit, but focus on why we celebrate Christmas, who we celebrate at Christmas. Love it. And Charles Dickens genius was manifested not just in this short story, A Christmas Carol, but in other great works of literature like Oliver Twist Mm -hmm. and A Tale of Two Cities and so on. But in this short story, he told a a Christmas carol, a Christmas hymn. He wrote it in five stanzas. He called them staves. It was was like a, a song. And it tells the story of the miserly and decrepit and very unlikable Ebenezer Scrooge. And it mm-hmm. doesn't matter what time of the year we're living in. If you see somebody who's greedy or you know doesn't have time of day for anybody else but himself, we're likely to call them a Scrooge That's because right. it's entered the language yeah. as, as a descriptor, as an adjective. But there are some other characters that get a lot of uh, play in the play too, mm-hmm. like Bob Cratchit, mm-hmm. who's the faithful... Uh, hardworking, sunny-dispositioned guy who doesn't let life get him down, and famously, Tiny Tim. Mm -hmm. What's so significant about Tiny Tim? Well, Tiny Tim was just, you know, this cute little boy who happened to be lame. And and, and you look at this beautiful family, the hardworking family, the Cratchits, and then you think, well, why... Why did God give them a, a, a child that was lame or handicapped? But that's really... Uh, what the whole story hangs on is is Tiny Tim and 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 how uh, he wants everyone to know Christ uh, through him. And Tiny Tim becomes an emblem mm-hmm. of people who are vulnerable and right. uh, are in situations that uh, they did not choose for themselves, but still find themselves in need of help. And of course, Scrooge is the antithesis of this. He doesn't care about anyone. Right. And, you know, let them go to the workhouse, mm-hmm. put them in jail. Uh, he has no sympathy for others until as the story unfolds, he comes to terms supernaturally with the very narrow and dark soul that he is. And he turns over a new leaf. You might say he's born again on right. Christmas Day right. and becomes a new man. Now, this story has 
been thought by some cultural scholars as actually to have defined the way we celebrate Christmas these days. Because mm. in the narrative, we hear about people singing carols on the streets, their decorations and parties, things that Dickens kind of captured that we all now play out every Christmas, yeah. and we just have, most mm-hmm. of us, in some way or another. But this underwriting theme of how do I live and what do I do in the face of a world of so much desperate need and brokenness, wow, that goes on past Christmas. Jay, you remember in A Christmas Carol, uh, in the early scenes, uh, we have Ebenezer Scrooge in his counting house. It, it was yeah. like he was an investment broker. No harm, <laughs> no shade cast <laughs> right. on any uh, investment brokers who might be listening today. But in, in the context of his time, he's a man who's very wealthy. He's made a lot of money. He manages other people's money. He's, he's exchanging money. Money's his game. And... Uh, other people come to his office and say, hey, we're, we're collecting for the poor. We right. want to help these who don't have uh, much material uh, right. things to enjoy or even food to eat. And, oh, man, Scrooge, is, he's, so, mm. he's so out there. Just get out. This whole Christmas thing is a sham. It's a poor excuse for you know, right. uh, making hardworking people like me uh, guilty. I'm not buying it. Uh, I'm just not having it. And when Bob Cratchit comes and says you know, hey, could I get tomorrow's Christmas Day? Do I get that off? <laughs> right. Scrooge pounds his fist on the table. It's a poor excuse for picking a man's pocket every 25th of December, he exactly. says. Exactly. Sorry, I got the lines memorized because uh, yeah. I played that part. That's right. And not just on stage. Oh, don't talk to the people who work for me. But my, <laughs> the point is that we have a man who's anti-Christmas. Mm-hmm. He does not like anything it represents. He has no time for spiritual things. Mm-hmm. He's got no time for people in need. He has no sense of responsibility to anyone but himself. And he thinks that everybody should be able to make their own way, just like he has done, because he's such, well, a smart, hardworking, disciplined fellow. I mean, yes. that's kind of the narrative, isn't right. it? Right, right. Yeah, um, and, and, you know, one, the one thing in the, about that as I'm sitting here listening is the line that always got me in the, in the, in the scene um, He's complaining because there's two candles lit uh, <laughs> right. to warm their their office area, and uh, I just thought, you know, I do know people like that, and and it's um, it, it's something that is is ingrained in them. They work hard, they 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 want to save and, and be good stewards, but what do they miss? And and I think you just alluded to that the, the spiritual side of things, the the noticing and seeing of other people. Uh, but all that Scrooge ever noticed was, oh, there was one too many candles lit to try to heat the area in which they worked, which was probably about 45 degrees. And it seems so preposterous, doesn't right, it? Right, right. I mean, in a way, the characters in a Dickens novel are almost like comic book yes. character, uh, character types. But honestly, the reason they have resonance and still live today in our vocabulary is because their sharp definition is based in truth. Mm-hmm. Because all of us have a little bit of Scrooge in us, don't we? Yes. And all of us have some Tiny Tim, I suppose, and mm-hmm. everybody's a little bit Oliver Twist and David <laughs> Copperfield and Mrs. Haversham in Great Expectations. I mean, there's something about Dickens' characters that appeals to truth in us, even if it's unfortunate truth. But in A Christmas Carol, Charles Dickens does have a conversion experience. He supernaturally, through a series of dreams and visions, 
comes to terms with the reality of his own shallowness and his own inevitable doom. I mean, he sees his future as a dead man that nobody misses and that nobody cares about. And he's utterly isolated and alone. And then what? What happens after the grave? All of this converges on him until at last he wakes up on Christmas Day and realizes, I have a chance to be different. Mm. This is a conversion testimony. It's almost an evangelistic work, especially if you were an audience in mid-century, 1800s, Dickens' original crowd. They understood all the spiritual framing in a way that some people look at a Hollywood epic of this story may miss today. But it's fundamentally a story about a changed life, changed for Jesus' sake on the celebration of his birth. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the story, Dickens starts giving money away and caring for other people and understanding he can bring laughter and life to the world around him. And he says something that is captured most magnificently, uh, really as, a, as an epitaph for the whole story. What does he say at the close? He says, I will honor Christmas in my heart and try to keep it all the year. I'm going to honor Christmas in my heart. I'm going to honor Christ and the one whose birth we celebrate today in my heart. And I'm not just doing it for the holiday, he says. I'm going to do it throughout the year. Christmas is going to live, which is what we're talking about today, Jay, as we close the books on Christmas 2020 and look forward to the year 2021. How do we keep Christmas in our hearts, Mm. honoring it throughout the whole year? When we go back to the Christmas story in the New Testament, there are a lot of clues about how we can celebrate all year long. You know, Christmas can sometimes feel like a downer when it's over. So much is built up to get there. And then once everything's done and I look at that Christmas tree, okay, I have to look at all four of those Christmas trees. (laughs) I have to take those down, put everything away, clean up, vacuum up the needles because at my house, we buy live trees. Yes. You know, there's a certain sense of loss and like, man, I don't want it to be over and where we live here in central Indiana, Jay, it's kind of dreary outside. It is. This time of year. It really you know, is. The, the landscape can be brown if there's no snow on the ground and nothing's in bloom. And uh. But wait, when you think about the Christmas story, it actually throws open the window to a lot of fresh air for the new year, even in midwinter. Mm. So let's go right back to Luke chapter 2. Right. And this is the famous passage that Luke tells about the birth of Jesus. Let's start at verse 8. Take it away. Okay. Uh, It says, that night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified, but the angel reassured them. Don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. Suddenly, the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. When the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, Let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. And so they hurried to the village, and they found Mary and Joseph. And there was the baby lying in the manger. After seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. And all who heard the shepherd's story were astonished. Right here, 
Jay, mm-hmm. I've got a clue about how I can honor Christmas in my heart. And here's yeah. where it is. The shepherds ran to find Jesus. Mm-hmm. Now, I would argue that Jesus is a living presence yes. in my world. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's always with me, and, and he promises that he'll be with me until the end of the age. And that's a promise made to anyone that will accept his company. But in a different way, I need to find Jesus. I need to constantly be looking for him. Where is he in my world? I know right. he's in me. I know he's alongside me, but still, I need to find him. Where's he working? What does he care about? What does he love most? What can I learn from reading the story of his life when he was here in the world, in the flesh, walking around? Who was he hanging out with? And, and what was he doing? And how did he spend his time? I need to find where Jesus is working mm-hmm. today and throughout this whole year. Can I make it my ambition to just find Jesus working in my world. That's what the shepherds did. They ran to find Jesus. Right. Well, there's another clue, Jay. In fact, I'm going to read this verse, and then you tell me, what does it suggest to you? Okay. In Luke chapter 2, verse 17, it says, after seeing the baby Jesus, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. What can I do in the year ahead? Well, if you want to keep that spirit of Christmas... You know, we can tell the story too, Jim. We we don't have to tell it just like the shepherds did. We don't have to have it down pat and be an evangelist, but we can tell others what we've experienced with Jesus, where we have found him, as you said earlier, um, what he's done in and for their life, but not only that, who he is, uh, the Savior. We can tell the story uh, in a consistent manner with our words and with our life all year long. That's it. I, I think if I want to honor Christmas throughout the whole year... I need to talk about Jesus. Right. <laughs> that's, the, right. that's the shepherd's game. They came to the nativity set. They were there. The Christmas tree wasn't there, but I'm just saying, you know, imagine. They, they came to the celebration. They, they got it. But then they walked away, and they were still talking about it. Mm. I may have uh, bored you with this story before, Jay, but, you know, some time ago, I'm a runner, and I was out in Seattle, and I was running. Uh, Seattle's my home place. And I was just running down the street, and this guy drove out of his driveway, and I was on the sidewalk, and he didn't see me. And just as he came out of his driveway, I ran in front of the car, and I was actually thrown up on the hood oh of the my. car. He wasn't drive- backing out. He was driving headfirst out, hmm. and he didn't see me. And I was thrown up on the hood of the car, and then I rolled off. And of course, I was a little shaken up, and he was too, and he jumped out of the car. And I'll never forget, he jumps out, and he goes, Jesus Christ! <laughs> And you know what I said? I don't know what the Holy Spirit was on me. I just said, no, my name is Jim, but I know Jesus. <laughs> I just, he looked at me like, what? And I, you know, we then had a little conversation about, hey, let's be thankful Jesus protected me in that. Because wow. I'm not taking you to court, guy. Right. Because I was on the sidewalk. All right. this to say, we might be surprised at how mm. naturally, if we'll just look for it, mm-hmm. we can talk about Jesus. And the more you talk about Jesus, the more real Christ and Christmas become. Yeah, that's, right. that's good. Hey, Jay, what does Luke 2.20 say? Yeah, another way that we can keep it alive all year. It says, the shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. It was just as the angel had told them. So they're, they're praising God. It's the way that we praise and worship God, the way that we um, glorify Him by the way that we live our life. And, and sometimes without words, people can see that we keep the spirit of Christmas alive in the way that we put God first, we honor Him, and we praise Him. Absolutely. I, I think if I want to keep Christmas living, even after I take down my Christmas tree, I need to praise God. Yes. And sometimes, Jay, I have been a little uh, 
well, suspicious of, mm. of people who are always, you know, <laughs> praise God this and praise God that. It seems a little artificial or contrived, I suppose. But I'm taking that on me. Yeah. Because that's my, my cynicism. That's not uh, a reflection on the legitimate praise of God. And I need myself to articulate more often. Thanks be to God. Wow. Mm. The Lord is good. Uh, be encouraged because Jesus is, is working for the good. I mean, there are all kinds of ways in which we can articulate our praise. And when you do that, you are honoring Christmas all the year through and bringing life. These uh, ideas from the shepherds are good ones, but, you know, Mary's a big piece of this puzzle too. Right. And uh, in Luke chapter 2, verse 19, this is what we have recorded for us. But Mary kept all these things in her heart, and she thought about them often. Mm. Luke, who is the historian here, uh, we think actually talked to Mary, that she was his source Mm -hmm. for this scripture history, because who else would have known this? That she was reflecting on these things, that she treasured them in her heart. She held on to them. And one way we can celebrate Christmas throughout the whole year is to think about Jesus. Right. I mean, it's not about just what I say or what I do. It's just about what's churning inside of me. What do I reflect on? What do I treasure? What do I hold on to? Jay, do you have any memories in your life that when you think about them, they kind of bring you to a sense of peace and calm? Absolutely. And and probably the biggest one was, you know, sensing that God was calling me to a formal ministry. Um, I, I prayed, and I prayed very specifically, as you had taught, um, and asked God to reveal that to me. Well, the very next day, it was revealed to me, and, and almost the same wording that I had prayed, someone uh, reiterated back to me that God was calling me into full-time ministry. I, I treasure that in my heart often when things get tough, or when I'm having a hard time finding where Jesus is in my life, or starting to doubt. I treasure that moment and it seems to anchor me again. And, and I think that um, those are the intimate things that, that Christ would have us focus on uh, to continue in, in serving him and, and being a light for him. Well, that's exactly it. And what you've just described, Jay, is a very vivid memory of a moment mm-hmm. where you spoke to God mm-hmm. and, and he heard you. And you know that Jesus was working in your life. And, and so that's exactly it. Uh, uh, a moment, a memory that you treasure can bring you to a place of calm, and you can celebrate Christ and Christmas all year long. And might I just say, Jim, it doesn't have to be this monumentous uh, call to ministry. It could be so, as something as unique as what happened to you. When you know for a fact that God has intervened and protected you from something, no matter what your relationship is with Him, and that incident on the car and the, and the guy jumping out, those are moments where God has said, use this to remember, to treasure in your heart that I'm working for you. Absolutely, and that's a way to keep Christmas all year through. Jay, here's another clue found in Matthew's gospel about the Christmas story that can help keep Christmas alive all year. See what you get out of this. This is the story of the wise men, Matthew 2, verse 9. After this interview, the wise men went their way. They had just been with King Herod. And the star they had seen in the east guided them to Bethlehem. It went ahead of them and stopped over the place where the child was. And when they saw the star... They were filled with joy, and they entered the house and saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasure chests and gave him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Hmm. Now, what do you think from that could carry us forward into the new year? What lesson? 
Well, you know, I, I love what you said earlier about the, the easiest thing to do is to, is to look for him daily. And if we look for him, as the wise men were obviously looking for him, then, you know, they went and they gave generously. They were prepared uh, to give. They wanted to find him. Um, and, and so if we are looking for him daily, if we want to keep that spirit alive, uh, we have to prepare our hearts and, and, and seek him. And when we find him, be prepared to do what he asks us to do. And oftentimes, Jim, that is uh, helping others uh, who need some help. That's it. They, they unpacked their wealth. Yeah. I mean, these gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh, famous, uh, captured as a trio of gifts, uh, were emblems of great wealth. And they lavished material wealth on this poor family that was living in a barn. Right. When they came, we're not sure if they were in the house. It says they came to a house, so maybe they had graduated out of the manger scene into some other kind of shelter, but they were still desperately poor people. And the wise men helped them. And of course, those gifts would be key going forward because they would have to escape to Egypt to right. escape the wicked hand of King Herod. And so in all of this, uh, we know that when we give a gift prompted by the Holy Spirit to someone in need, who knows what God is doing for the good? And one way I can keep Christmas alive all year is to look out for those who are in need. Because remember, Jesus said, when you help one of the least of these... Mm -hmm. You're helping me. So celebrate Christmas by helping the poor in the year 2021. And then at the last, look at verse 12 of Matthew chapter 2. What does that verse say? Uh, it says, when it was time to leave, they returned to their own country by another route. For God had warned them in a dream not to return to Herod. That verse tells me, Jay, that the wise men came to Jesus and they were changed. They, yes. they could not go back the same way. They couldn't be the same. And while in a very narrow sense, they simply took a different route home. They didn't mm. go back to visit King Herod because they'd been warned by an angel not to do so. In a larger sense, the wise men went home differently. Yes. When we come to Christmas in 2020, we need to approach the new year differently. What will I do differently in 2021 for the good, for Jesus' sake, that will help me honor Christmas all the year through? Wow, here they are tips out of the Christmas story itself to help us, like Ebenezer Scrooge, honor Christmas in our hearts and throughout the new year, we need to seek Jesus. We need to tell the story of Jesus. We need to be people who know how to praise God. We need to know how to treasure things quietly in our hearts. We need to know how to give generously to the mm. poor. Yeah. And we need to be different and just be intentional about what can you do better in a more righteous way in the new year than you did in the last. Wow, there's a Christmas that can live on way past our trees. You may be listening today and thinking, you know what, I'm so over Christmas. I am so done with that. This Christmas was not what I wanted it to be, or it was so good it can never be replicated. But I'm here to tell you, even if you're looking forward to Valentine's Day <laughs> or Mother's Day or the 4th of July, whatever's on your horizon, everything will be better if you honor Christmas in your heart now mm. and in the new year, in the ways we've just described. Yes. And how can you get started? Where do you even begin? Start with prayer. Ask God to help you. He will. You could pray with us right now. Our Father, we're so thankful today that you hear our prayers. Thank you for bringing us through this long year, 2020. And thank you for the dawn of a new year. We're thankful for the testimony and the witness of Scripture to the birth of Christ, and how we can celebrate that birth, that Christ, all year long.
We pray, Lord, that you will receive us now. And we admit, Lord, that we need your help because we will not be our best selves unless you transform us. We invite you into our hearts. Cause us to be born again. Forgive us of our sin. And Lord, make us new. Transform us by the renewing of our mind. May we find this, Lord, in the ways in which we speak and think and praise Jesus, by the way in which we come alongside those most in need, by the way in which we are different by design in the year 2021. Thank you for hearing our prayer. And we look forward to great and better things in this new year. For Jesus' sake, in whose name we pray, amen. Amen. We'd like you to call us up. Honestly, we just want to hear your voice and hear your thoughts. What would you like to say? Maybe you have a prayer request or a question or a comment, but we'd just love to hear from you. You can call us 24 hours a day and seven days a week on a toll-free line. That number, 1-800-757-VIEW. That's 1-800-757-8439. Give us a call. But Jay, I know some people won't call. How could they find us online? Well, if they like that internet machine, then they can find us at www.cbhviewpoint.org. That's right, CBH Viewpoint, CBH Christians Broadcasting Hope, that's who we are, viewpoint.org. You can read about the ministry there. You can also send us an email. We will reply. Maybe you're accessing this conversation already through a social media feed, and if so, well, then just put a comment in that social media feed. We're watching that, and we will get back to you. Or at the last, just write me a letter. Write it down, put it in an envelope, put a stamp on the envelope, and address it to Jim Lyon, Viewpoint, Post Office Box 2420, Anderson, Indiana, 46018, USA. But whether you call us up, check us out online, use social media, or use the post, please let us hear from you this week. Jay Harvey, Happy New Year to you. The world is always better when you're in the room. Thanks so much. Oh, thanks, Jim, and Happy New Year to you. And we wish a Happy New Year and a Merry Christmas to all of you who are listening today. We hope you'll join us again next week when we open up a new series here on Viewpoint, helping you to see your world from heaven's view. Until then, for all of us at the Viewpoint Ministry team, for all of us at Church of God Ministries, which is the host of our broadcast, this is Jim Lyon. Happy New Year. Stay tuned.